I'm obsessed with that. I'm obsessed with this. We're obsessed with you, so get obsessed with us. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Obsessed. Woo! You already know who that is, but I'll just reintroduce her. That is Ariana. (laughs) And that is Jeff. And this week, we're talking about Prince Harry. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! I am... Well, I truly don't know too much about what is currently going on with Harry and Meghan. So I'm kind of taking the role as one of our listeners throughout this episode, and Ari's going to share... Everything she knows, because um, she is the the biggest enthusiast <laughs> on the planet. Just kidding. <laughs> no, you just you just read his book or listened to the book, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. So I spent an intimate sixteen hours with Prince Harry, and <laughs> and I wanted to talk about everything that I learned. Um, I, I did leave feeling conflicted um and we'll we'll get into why but as i'm sure most of our listeners know even if you haven't watched or or read any of the content um you know that prince harry and Meghan are just like in everyone's face uh i think from the beginning of 2023 when their docuseries launched on netflix called harry and Meghan, which by the way if you've not watched it i highly recommend jeff have you seen it no, I have not. I've seen the thumbnail. It's, it was like the top documentary yep. for like weeks, weeks straight. <laughs> it is really good. Like if you do nothing but watch that, then that's fine. Um, okay. I, of course, had to, you know, just the, the obsessed nature to dive deep. <laughs> and immediately after the docuseries, like, was waiting for his his memoir to come out called Spare. And then got it the day it came out. And then, yes, spent those 16 hours listening to him. Um, and then... And you- I also watched The Crown, so this was all kind of happening over the last, like, six weeks. (laughs) It's a lot. Oh, my gosh. That's, like, overconsumption of royal, the royal family. Like, way too much. You also lived in the UK, so I feel like you kind of, this hits a little bit, like, close to home for you. It does, and what's funny is... When I moved back to the UK, when I lived there for the second time in 2018, I was there for Harry and Meghan's wedding. Like, I literally have photos on my phone from, um, like, a a party that I went to to celebrate their wedding and, like, watch it on TV. We even contemplated going to Windsor Castle to be one of the, like, millions of people standing there to watch. Um, Weren't you, um, were you Prince Harry for Halloween when I, we were abroad, I <laughs> because I va- I so vaguely funny. remember being in a club in Florence, Italy, and like seeing someone in a Prince Harry mask run up to me, and I'm pretty sure it was you or Jenna. <laughs> oh my god, Jeff! I'm obsessed with the fact that you remember that it iconic you, costume. Right? It was me, except I was not Prince Harry. I was Prince William, and you know who was Prince Harry? Kristen. 
Oh yes, yes, yes. Kristen, okay. because because Harry is taller than William, and Kristen's taller than me. So she was Prince Harry. I was Prince William. And I actually, <laughs> I actually had on my dating profiles like years ago when I first made one um, that like a funny story or I forget I forget the prompt. It's either like you'll never believe or a funny story. Um, I had this story of being chased by Italians in Florence dressed like <laughs> Prince William because I legit. I'm not kidding. They they must have legitimately thought that we were them. Um, because they were like, oh my god. <laughs> and we were literally chased down the streets. And Ari, correct me if I'm wrong, but were they were just like cardboard cutouts mm-hmm. like that you just put on your face, right? <laughs> okay, correct. They were they were so if you ever go to London, I'm not sure if there are other areas of the UK that sell these, but in London, like any little, I guess sort of corner shop, I forget what they're called. Basically their version of like a bodega sells these paper celebrity masks. The royal family is always there, but then depending on, like, what's going on in pop culture, they'll have other celebrities. And they're just, like, life-size masks that you, like, with a string that you put on your face. Um, I'm obsessed. (laughs) But I will say, from certain angles, like, dead on, if you're looking at me straight in front of me, um... Kind of realistic. <laughs> it's actually, it was a little terrifying because yeah. it was just this, like frozen Prince William's face smiling at you, not blinking. Right. <laughs> and like walking up to you in a club <laughs> with like a strobe light, like pulsating. It was kind of terrifying. <laughs> it, it was amazing. Um, <laughs> I loved it so much. And it's just, uh, it was a really good um, impromptu uh, Halloween costume because they don't really like celebrate too much. So so my friend and I got the masks anyway, not even for Halloween, and just brought them with us to Florence in case you guys did anything for Halloween over there. Yeah. <laughs> so it was perfect. And I had these only, like equestrian only, boots. It was great. Yes. Only the Americans celebrated Halloween in Italy. <laughs> oh my god. It was kind of like the same thing. We just like went to the dollar store and I think that that specific Halloween, I bought these like pig ears that were probably <laughs> sold all year around for like a a kid's birthday party, and then I like wore a pink shirt and I was a pig. Oh my god, <laughs> I love that! <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't remember that you were a pig, it, but that's I mean, okay. It's I don't remember much. I <laughs> <laughs> Except being chased, but um, <laughs> but yeah, in in London, I remember we went out right before we came to Italy, which was like two days or whatever before Halloween, and we of course didn't dress up because we were like. Oh, people don't celebrate here. But then we went to some crazy club in London, and like everyone was dressed up. We were like, "Whoa, we did not oh, get the memo." Awesome. Yeah. Um, but I, I think in generally it is, you know, that they don't celebrate over there as as right. they don't go as hard as we do here. <laughs> um, anyway, so yes, for years I've spent a lot of time <laughs> with the royals in some capacity. <laughs> um, and oh, one last thing about. Studying abroad there. Um, am I annoying yet or what? Nope. <laughs> Not yet. Maybe after this. I know, there, I know there's a point that you're going to make at some point. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Jump coming for me. <laughs> fair. Totally fair. Um, no, I totally started that conversation about living abroad. So you did. It's on, it's on me. You <laughs> did. My only other connection to Prince Harry specifically is that I went to the club that he frequent. He frequented also. 
off often in London. <laughs> um, I think it was called. Was it called? Bougie. It was something kind of stupid, um, but it was a very like exclusive club or whatever. Like we had to get a promoter and whatnot, and it oh, was it was ooh. stupid. But um, anyway, apparently Prince Harry would go there all the time, and I was like, okay, cool. Um, never saw him though, but I did live across <laughs> the street from Kensington Palace, so oh my he gosh, did also live there for a little bit. Um, Anyway, <laughs> anyway, yeah, he wrote a memoir that did very well, very well, like broke all kinds of records it, in its first day. It sold 1.4 <laughs> million copies, and within the first Jeez. week, it sold 3.2 million copies. Oh my gosh. It, insane. That, that's that's incredible. And that came out after the documentary was released? Yes. So okay. I think documentary was like early, mid-January. Or no, okay. sorry. Actually, it was end of 2022. I remember because we did a docu-series, a Harry and Meghan like, team meeting at my job. To go over it. And part of the homework was, like, over the holidays for everyone to make sure that they watched the docuseries. Interesting. I love it. It was yeah. like a work assignment. It was a work assignment. <laughs> that you were, like, actually obsessed with. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm doing this anyway. Um, so that, that came out first, and then the news that he had written a book, and then it dropped maybe, what, like, four, five weeks ago? I can't really remember the exact date, but... Do you think... That he, like, intentionally waited to release the book after the documentary? Like, was he involved with the docuseries at all, or was it... Oh, yeah, it was very oh, he much... Was. okay. Yeah, so Harry and Meghan is an, an amazing docuseries. Uh, their, like, second attempt at kind of, like, sharing their side, right? Because they went on Oprah together. Um, right. Over a year ago, I guess. Yeah, that was a while ago. That was a while ago, maybe two years ago. I can't really remember. But, like, when they first broke out of the royal family and, like, you know, kind of were like, we're we're free birds now, um, they went on Oprah. And then the docuseries came out. And I'm not entirely sure what, like, prompted the docuseries other than them wanting to, like, share their story. But I really do think that if you're going to read or watch anything related to the two of them, you should just watch that docuseries because it not only highlights how they were impacted as a couple, how they, like, made it through, all the, like, things that you would expect, but they also do, like, a really, really good job of sort of explaining the history in the UK, racism, um, paparazzi culture, just, Mm -hmm. like, newspaper culture, and things like that. So it is educational in a larger sense, like, outside of Harry and Meghan. Um, It just kind of shows that they're, like, there is this system that they unfortunately were a part of, and so it's it's really good. I like it. I was watching it, and I kind of was like, why did they do this? What's the point? And then maybe midway of the docuseries, I changed my tune a little, and I was like, this is actually really important. Like, imagine, Jeff, being either of them, and just having all of this fake news spread about you for literally years, and having, like, no way to... To just, like, show the world that you're a normal human being and, like, tell your side of the story. So I kind of was like, this is really important because Oprah went fine. 
Like it was, it went well, it, but yeah. it wasn't. I don't think it like changed really anyone's views entirely. Like people were still and, drilling in on Megan to this day. Still don't really like her and things like that. So I don't think it helped maybe that much. It was, I feel like the Oprah interview was almost too soon mm-hmm. after they broke free from the royal family. Like they didn't let the dust settle, and they they were still in this negative light in like the public's eye. So like now as more evidence of like what they went through like it has been coming out and stuff like I feel like now people are able to really see what they were going through. Yeah, exactly. Now spare his memoir. I I'll get I'll get into some of it, but I listened to the 16 hours maybe so you guys don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, if you want, look, there will be a few spoilers, if you will. I don't even really think that they're, like, spoilers, because most of this is common knowledge. But I'm going to highlight, like, some takeaways, things that I either didn't know or just, like, didn't know his POV on um, that I thought were interesting for him to share. But you can listen to this and pretty much get a nice little spark notes on the book and then not have to read it. Um. Right. I was listening to um, a podcast uh, uh, kind of like reviewing the book and kind of summarizing it, and the two hosts were like, "We're not going to get too in 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 depth because if you want all the like the nitty gritty details, you got to join our Patreon account." I'm like, "Okay, I'm not paying for this <laughs> Patreon account to hear some of these details. I'll listen to Ari instead." Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Obsessed is. Very cool in that way that we will give you the stuff that we know you want. Like, this is all that anyone wants to hear. There was, like, 300 and something pages of, you know, the fluff. And I was like, give me the juicy bits. <laughs> um, so that is what I will be sharing. Ow. Wait, so real quick, just to kind of set it up. the I know this came out, like, shortly after the docuseries. So is this more, like, autobiographical from Harry's perspective? Like, how is it different from the... Like, what, what's the point of the book, really? Is it, like, yeah. totally different from the docuseries? Um, it's, like, an addition to the docuseries, I would okay. say. It touches on some things that the docuseries did not cover, which would be, like, really the only reason I would suggest someone maybe want to read it. Um, okay. But... Prince Harry's position is that he wrote this book to share his own story in his own words, because, of course, he feels like his family and the media have shared a lot of, like, untrue things and some things that are a little bit true about his lifetime. And to be honest, I did not know that before reading it. I didn't know. Look. I'm obviously a stan, right? Like, I didn't need to... He could have written a book about anything, and I would have been so curious about what that was, so I would have read it. Right. Um, so I just was like, oh, Prince Harry wrote a book. Cool. It is. Sure, it's about his life. But, like, I didn't know it was going to be from, like, birth till now. I oh, truly wow. did not realize it was an autobiography. And so, yeah, I just was, wasn't mentally prepared to, like, travel throughout his entire existence. But that was the, the purpose for the book and that differs from the docuseries because the docuseries is the two of them spearheading this together and talking about how the royal family and paparazzi and media in general affected their relationship and what they went through together so the book is like obviously a chunk of that but more so prince harry's pov and kind of like why he is the way that he is but 
it was written with a ghostwriter, which I think is pretty evident. Like, it definitely yeah. feels that way to me, especially because, like, kind of early on in the book, Prince Harry mentions that he, like, struggled with his reading and writing. And I'm, like, listening to this in the audiobook. I'm like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's very common with, like, celebrity memoirs. Because oh, yeah. they're... It's not like like Britney Spears' book is coming out. I don't who knows when. Maybe this year. And like you know that she did not like if you take her her Instagram captions as like a sample of how her writing is. Like you know she's not writing this book. But I do think it's hopefully an accurate portrayal of like what actually happened. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I'm really excited for that. And I look, they should let her write the book. It would be one entire run-on sentence. With a million emojis. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, of course she's going to have a ghostwriter. And you're right. I mean, any kind of celeb memoir always has a ghostwriter with it because they, most times, do other things that have made them famous and not because of their writing. So, <laughs> yeah. I understand it, but um, but it just, in that moment when he was, like, talking about how much he sort of, like, struggled with that, I was like, oh, Duh, there's a ghostwriter. Um, <laughs> but if, if anyone is going to read it, I highly recommend going the audiobook route because Prince Harry himself narrates it, which is just like this sort of beautiful experience. Um, he has like a lovely speaking voice. And sometimes he does fool you. You're like, maybe he did write this. Like he seems like he would use some of these words in real life. And other times it was just like so very clearly like the detail. You're like, all right, no one speaks like this. So, right. but he has a gorgeous speaking voice. And like at moments I was like, am I like, <laughs> am I like getting hot by <laughs> Please talk about your penis more. Um, oh my gosh. Wait, uh, we need to know. We what need about to know. His penis? But, but really quick, before we actually get into um, some of the takeaways from Spare, like, do you have a POV on Harry and Meghan, Jeff? Not really. I mean, I do. I know, like, basic information. I think, like, they had no choice but to be a part of this system that's, I don't know, thousands of years in the making and, mm -hmm. and, and of these, like, traditions that no longer really make much sense anymore. Um, and it, in, from, in my eyes, like this could be a naive way of looking at it. Like they, they chose to break away from their, the Royal family and, and choose their own life and like essentially choose their own family. It's like a chosen family at this mm -hmm. point. Like just because you belong to a group of people like since birth doesn't mean that you have to stay with them. If, if it doesn't like, fit your ideals and values and if you don't feel like you're being treated fairly, I guess, yeah. or like as, as a human should be treated essentially. Um, so that's kind yes, of, that's Jack. kind of my like broad, my broad, um, uh, perspective. I, I, I love that. I think that was absolutely beautiful. And like one could take what you just said and be like, yeah, I mean, Harry did what his mom the late Princess Diana couldn't do and wanted to do. So it is kind of like a beautiful journey, of course, despite the fact that, you know, she's no longer with us. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, I fully agree if you're... I mean, that's why it's so iconic. That's why so many, like, books were sold. And that's why everyone's, like, so invested here in the States, like, outside of the UK. Because 
I mean, one, she's American, but also it's just like we're witnessing history. Truly. Yeah. It's really crazy. Absolutely. But okay, so essentially Spare, his his autobiography, is like a story of trauma, grief that very much went untreated for years. A dysfunctional family, which I think we can all probably relate to to some degree, and the paparazzi. Like, that's yeah. how I would summarize it. That's what it's about. Um, of course, it's about him, but, like, really, it's mostly the grief that he encountered, like, the trauma of being in the public eye from an early age, like a celebrity. Um, I mean, he is a celebrity. And, you know, the lack of, like, proper support that he and his brother needed to cope with their mother's death and just how all of that impacted his life, like set the trajectory for what, what ended up happening and where he is now. So in that regard, it's like really interesting to sort of hear him intellectualize, therapize and kind of like figure out what it is that he exactly was feeling and then feel right. those things. So it was yeah, kind of I, really nice from that, that perspective. Yeah. Cause like we, as, as like consumers of media only really know how the media portrayed them. Yep. And like, this is really the first time that we're getting an inside look of like what really happened, at least like in our lifetime, especially with, with, yeah, with, with them breaking away, it's like allowing us to see that everything we were seeing was a facade mm-hmm. and, and they're, they're kind of like stripping down the, the walls of that facade. And that's absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm excited to, well, excited and a little nervous to hear about some of uh, what actually occurred. In their yeah. Um, but really quick though, that was a, like a fabulous point, Jeff, like in our lifetime, this is like, this is the most wild thing to happen for the, the monarchy for that institution, because the only insight that we've had in recent years is, is the crown, right? Like accounts from other people, those who've worked with them, those who've been close to them. And, you know, you're watching shows like this and you're like, okay, how much of this is true? How much of this is accurate? Like, did they, it, was it a firsthand experience? And now we literally have the person that one of the people that this has like happened to tell you, their story and literally call yeah. out every single lie that was blatantly a lie, like not rooted in any truth. It was, it was wild to hear some of the things that like I have heard in just like British media because I consume sometimes like stupid tabloids from over there and just see it on like social media and stuff and you're like wow I can't believe that happened and he's talking about these events and he's like no literally like I never even met that person never even met that person so kind of crazy um one of the most shocking things shocking and heartbreaking things that I learned reading this book was Prince Harry's belief that his mother was still alive after her death and would come back someday that's terrible. I that I did know um, just from doing some research about this, and that is like that's heartbreaking. It to me. It was so sad. Like I, I, I didn't actually realize that. Like I never heard about this before reading the book. Um, and he legitimately. I mean, he was little. He was twelve, um, right. and they were so close. Like he legitimately was like what do you mean my mom's dead? 
he would like call, she would never do that to me. She like, would never she do would, that, right? Yeah. She would never do that. He literally called it um, his mom's disappearance. Like he would internally mostly correct right. people and be like, "No, not death, disappearance." Like she's not. She's not permanently gone. She's just doing what she wanted to do and taking a vacation. And soon she's going to come grab us and bring us to where she is. And it's going to be great. And it was just really, really sad to hear, like, his perspective as a child. Like, just this poor thing who, as I said earlier, didn't have proper support to even cope with the death is now thinking that she's coming back at some point. Like there was no, there was nothing. They didn't send them to therapy. They didn't even talk about it. He couldn't even, he didn't even feel comfortable hugging his grandmother, queen, the the late queen Elizabeth. Um, And it was just really, really sad. Like, I I was listening to this book, Walking Around, and when he first mentioned um, the funeral and... Uh, and still thinking that she was, you know, she just disappeared. I was, like, tearing while walking around. It was just, to hear it from the person who it happened to was really, really sad. Um, yeah, and I almost feel like because he wasn't really allowed or encouraged to feel vulnerable and express his emotions, if that's what made him think, like, oh, if if no one else is really upset about this, then, like, maybe... Yeah, like, maybe she didn't die. Maybe right. she is, a, like, because they're not re- responding to a death in the family like a normal human would. Exactly. Exactly. Like, no one, there were there were just no emotions, really. Um, yeah. And even between him and his brother, they, like, they really spoke about her um, after the fact. They just didn't know how to process. They were little kids, and they needed help in dealing with this huge, unfortunate life event that, like, of course was going to impact them severely. Um, Mm. And, and the other piece like tied to Diana that shocked me, which in turn isn't actually that shocking, but he didn't cry about his mom for like over a decade. My gosh. Literally the first like emotional breakdown he had over her was when he, I believe he was like 22 or 23 in his first relationship. And it was his, his girlfriend that sort of like helped him get to that point, or I guess created a safe enough space for him to feel like he could be emotional. Uh, right. But it, that long, that long without processing, without grieving, you're suppressing it. Yeah. You're suppressing Bottling it. it up. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so that was like really, sad to hear and like humanizing right to this like royal figure who is like made up to be not even an actual human being just like this like Mm -hmm. entity you're like wow yeah of course of course the royal family they have feelings they don't always process them maybe they don't do the most healthy things like it was very humanizing Another thing that sort of shocked me was his openness about the arguments and, like, the physical altercations he's had with his brother William, Prince William. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. It, like, there were moments where I was like, this is a little, this is a little mean, Harry. He painted William as domineering and insecure while Harry was self-aware and woke in a way. Okay. Like them as adults, you know, of course the book covers like them growing up together and how they were like 
close and then they went to school together and William pretended like he didn't know him and then they got closer again and of course now they don't talk to each other but generally that was the vibe and that was the way that he sort of like painted it and I think it comes from a place of currently not speaking to his brother and really wanting to right he's hurt about their relationship but I just I was like for someone who is hoping that his brother that his family like they do the work to be evolved and work through something so then they can have a relationship. Why are you going this hard about some of the experience that you've had? Because to me, like if my sister did that in her memoir, we're not speaking and then I read the memoir and it's like some of the worst arguments we've ever had, I'd be like, fuck off. Right. You know? Like why? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and it was, it, right, it's like a little, like, they're like this, and I broke free, and I have, I went to therapy, and I know what's going on, and I worked on my um, racist tendencies, and whatever. It was a little bit like that, like, sort of, like, self-indulgent and pretentious at times. And, and that's tricky, too, because you're not, it's not giving space for the other person involved to like speak their truth so yeah. like I mean I, I get it because I guess this is maybe just all through Harry's perspective and maybe he truly believes that but mm-hmm. yeah it does come off as like be, like attacking him for I don't know yeah that's a, yeah <laughs> right and I mean uh, uh, yeah and, and I get it and that's why I was so conflicted. I'm conflicted about like so many things because on one hand I can see like the desire to want to do this, right? It's like if you're going to shed a light on, on your true experience, like your brother is part of that experience. Um, and just the, the Royal family as a whole, like the issues with it. But on the other hand, I'm like, ugh, I don't know. I don't know if you're increasing chances of you guys repairing your relationship. And in all honesty, I don't know if he wants to. Like, I know he says he wants to and is probably maybe hoping that to some degree, but I really think it mattered more to share his perspective than to repair things that he might see as irreparable. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he knew that, like, by saying these things that there's no way to to take it back and that it might be... Irreparable, like you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know what? Like you said, Jeff. Like he has his chosen family, he has his chosen life. Like that is his priority, and I understand that as well. Like mm-hmm. at some point, you have to like, I guess, decide what's more important: hurting someone's feelings or staying true to myself and like living the life that I want and making sure that other people understand my perspective like it really is just what matters to you and he's very much obviously in that space of of standing his ground and like defending his actions right um i know like as you're as you're explaining everything i'm like trying to think of what i would do in that situation like if i would like be careful about saying certain things or if i would just want to let it all out because like why what's the point of yeah. hiding you've been you've been hiding this for your whole life like why not just expose everything i right i agree for me personally if i were to go down this route of like writing a memoir i i wouldn't uh, i wouldn't do it unless i was 100% 
Like, then right. there, there's just no point, like you said. Yeah. So I'm sure he, he was like, fuck it. This is my one opportunity. Um, and I can guarantee that people are going to read it because he obviously knew that people were going to fucking buy the book. Millions. Um, millions, <laughs> clearly. Um, but yeah, also, you know, the he talks a lot about, like, the level of self-medication. Um, <clears throat> his level of self-medication... Everything from, like, alcohol and, you know, weed to cocaine and mushrooms and, like, ayahuasca, um, interestingly. And he was just, like, so casual about it. You know, there were there were stories that he um, shared about uh, the paparazzi saying he was, like, a cokehead and all these things. And he was like, no, like, I wasn't doing coke at that time. Um, so you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> but, you know, it's, I, I also felt like, and this is definitely part of his goal to, like, paint him as a, a, a human being. I felt like this was super humanizing. Yeah, look, you're grieving. You don't know how to do it. You are still young. You're hurting. Um, you're not living a fucking normal life in by any means. You have no privacy. Like... <laughs> The fact that this was his level of self-medication and it wasn't, like, far worse is honestly right. shocking. Yeah. I mean, that that was his way of coping. Especially of if, like, th- therapy wasn't really an option or any kind of, like, professional help like that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, another thing that was shocking was, like, just how bad the paparazzi is. Of course, we all know, right, if you consumed anything that covers British media or the plot point takes place in fucking London, like, you know that they talk about the paparazzi. It is on another level than paparazzi here in the States. Like, that, I think, is known across the board. And if you don't know that, like, just understand it is next fucking level, especially when it comes to the royals. And that's because the royals exist as this, as this... Just like an entity, like I said earlier, really is just a good way to describe them, that the British public feel owe them their lives, right? Like the British public, essentially, their their tax dollars go to their tax pounds, whatever the fuck, goes, <laughs> goes towards um, the royal family and the way that they live. And so the monarchy is there to represent all those individuals until so they feel like they are owed an insight into their most, like, intimate lives, into the most intimate details of their lives. Especially because they're contributing their livelihood to it. Yeah, and they, I mean, they're, watch the docuseries because it totally covers, like, the the relationship between the royal family and British media and who, who always gets a say, like, BBC, the royal quota, which is, like, papers that are, like, that only cover royal things, whatever. There's, it's a whole, it's a whole beast of a system, but I really didn't understand. Like, I I thought I knew how bad the paparazzi was over there until this fucking book. Like, it, I'm shocked that anyone would even, like, remain in the system at all. Like, either you run away, you, you know, do something worse. Like, I'm, Mm -hmm. it sounded fucking horrific like every single turn they were there and they were malicious and they were out to write any story they wanted it doesn't have to be anywhere near true anywhere near true like fake blatant lies 
And I just didn't know that they would go that far. Right? Like, twisting something is different than crafting a fake story. Right. Yeah, because we we kind of experienced that here, but it does sound like it's on another level there. And it's... It really is, like... I mean, and I guess, like, the royal family doesn't... Do they, like combat these these claims that the paparazzi are making or like what they just kind of stick to their narrative without fighting back or anything like is that yeah. kind of how it works there yeah that is how it works and a, a big part of the docu-series with Harry and Meghan was the fact that they sued the British media I forget the exact publication for um, printing the a letter that Meghan's dad wrote to her like Someone got oh, access okay. to the actual letter and then printed the whole letter, but blocked out certain words to create whatever story they wanted to, like, paint Megan as this bitch. Like, literally, and they call her a bitch. Um, uh, and monster and whatever. And so that, for her, was, like, the cherry on top. Like, absolutely fuck this. That is illegal. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Megan suing the paparazzi and media over there is, you know, it wasn't brand new, but it's, like, kind of frowned upon because of the relationship that they, they like, help each other, the royal family right. and and the media. Um, I believe Queen Elizabeth also sued in her lifetime, but it's not, it's not as common. And they don't make statements afterwards saying, actually, that's not true. So that's not something that okay. happens. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, 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 yeah. They'll never come out. I mean, there's like a million things every day that they say about William and Kate and all of this stuff. And they don't come out and refute any of it. So Harry and Meghan are, of course, like new in doing this. Right. Um, but, but something that was like really heartbreaking as well is... Um, Part of his, like, journey with accepting the fact that his mother had actually died and didn't disappear was, as he got older, asking his, uh, like, security guard, who he was good friends with, um, to get him the, the photos, right? Like, the actual, like, police file photos. From, like, from the, the, scene the accident? Of, yeah, from the accident, the scene. Um and share them with him so he could My see, gosh. like, her dead. Like, proof that she yep. she passed. He needed proof. And he said, you know, looking at them, like, um, didn't help too much. Like, it didn't do what he wanted. Um, but what he did notice, because she had, like, sunglasses on, like, in the back of the car. Um, what he did notice was that, like, in... In the the frame of that was a paparazzi. Like you could see the paparazzi taking a photo of her, like in the reflection in of the, the reflection. sunglasses. Yep. Oh my gosh. So for him, of it's like he grew up already hating paparazzi, right? Because of the way that it just impacted his own life as a kid and not being able to like live normally. But then I feel like it has blown up to be like this severe hatred, like physical hatred for them because he attributes their abuse to stealing his mom away. I mean, the reason they crashed was because paparazzi was chasing them in the car. Um, And then they crashed in that tunnel and his mom died. And then he's like... And you know what was going through the paparazzi's mind was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. We can make so much money off of getting these photos of Princess Diana 
right. to the to the media rather than like being like, oh helping. my god, look what we did. Yeah, rather rather than helping helping or having any sympathy. Like they're just thinking about how much money they're gonna make. Exactly. And so and he was just like, This is the last thing that my fucking mom saw. Like the thing that plagued her <laughs> For her all adult years, and made her so depressed, and all of this. Like now, this is this is how she fucking dies. So for mm-hmm. him, I think it just like further spiraled this like fuck this system. Like I I I can't do this. Um, but that that was like really really sad to hear as well. And the fact that his own family members, his own father, Prince Charles, like would plant. Well, he would have his his team plan stories about Harry and Meghan to make Charles and Camilla look better. And, like, in the book, he talks about how he and William have realized this and, like, confronted Charles. And at one point, like, Camilla agreed with one thing that was leaked and was like, yeah, like, it was our team or whatever. But in the book, he says that there is, like, concrete evidence that Prince Charles's team leaked XYZ. Like and to the to the media. To the media. To leaked portray it to them the in royal. some certain way. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. And like so fucked. It's so fucked. But Prince Charles is like, I'm going to be king someday and people already hate me. Um, and I'm married to Camilla now and people hate her. So like their mission when they became an official couple was to make sure that they always look good um, and would literally throw his own children under the bus to just maintain that image. Like, if people are talking negatively about them, great. They're not doing it about us. Which was really fucked up. I know. They, like, don't care about anything but their... their, how the the public portrays them. It's insane. Well, because... I'm not justifying it, but like to them, that's all that they have. That yeah, is their is their public image exactly. And, but like, it doesn't matter what they're doing behind closed doors as, as long as they present themselves a certain way to the public. That's like all they care about. Yeah, which is exactly. Um, and crazy. something that was like beautiful, like such an amazing takeaway, was like how much therapy changed Prince Harry's life. Yeah, and being able to just talk about it. Talk about, like, he's he bottled, like, how old is he? Is he in his 30s? No, he's 40, uh, like, early to mid-40s, I think. Like, imagine being, like, 40 years old and never being able to express yourself. Sorry, actually, I think he's, like, 38. I think you're right. Okay, so 38 years. It doesn't matter. Imagine being it doesn't matter. 30 it, and you were never able it, to express yourself. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's like a week. Imagine going a week where you're not allowed to say how you feel. Like that, like, that does something to your brain. And like, that could destroy a person. 100%. So I, I, I can't imagine what they've gone through. Well, now I can with this with this book. I know. The, the I'm sorry. I was like, oh, it's going to be like a quick um, synopsis of it. <laughs> of course. <laughs> 45 minutes. It's quicker than 16 hours, though. That's actually very true. Very true. I promise I am almost done. Um, my other biggest takeaway was the fact that he um, is circumcised. <laughs> 
Okay, I was gonna ask about Unfurnished because I know you mentioned it early on, and I know that people are waiting to hear. They are the juicy bits <laughs> towards the end. Wait, why? Okay, what? Give me some more context because why would he just like to, be like? By the way, oh, it, oh gosh, I think it was either a reaction to like something that was printed about him, or like remember how? Well, I don't know if you know this, but like when he years ago, years ago, we were probably in high school, early college, like photos of him out naked in, uh, I forget where, oh, leaked or whatever. I yeah, believe in I the book that was the reason as to why he brought up like whether he was circumcised or not. But there was there okay. was debate about it and he mentioned the debate in the book and he was like, by the way, I am circumcised. <laughs> Some shit. And I was like, what? Um, but the amount that this man talked about his penis, like that's the thing, and that's why I'm conflicted. There are, like, really beautiful moments, and then other times where I'm, like, w- the level of detail on on things that maybe don't need that level of detail, I'm confused. Like, why? Um, I'm not mad at it, um, but I am confused. <laughs> so... Yeah, I get. I mean, from an entertainment perspective, I could see why he would want to, like, go into detail, because people are going to want to read about that, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, yes, that's true. You're right. It was always like a well-thought-out moment and then a little nugget of a... Uh, to, like, get get your attention yeah, back and then or like something. Back yeah, to back to talking about his time at war and things like that. But, yeah, he mentioned that his penis got frostbitten after a trip to the North Pole, and he literally said... <laughs> Have some what direct quotes because they're hysterical. Um, he said, my South Pole was on the fritz. No. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, that- <laughs> I can't. No, and that's what I mean. Like what? that's what I mean, like where you can tell that this book was like clearly ghostwritten, but also I think that Prince Harry would genuinely say my South Pole was on the fritz. Like, That's probably the, one of the only lines that he contributed. <laughs> he was like, I don't care what you say about me. Just make sure you include this line. <laughs> probably. But but he also talked about how he lost his virginity behind a bar to an unnamed woman who has had to name herself because of I this book. I feel like book. I've, seen, I've seen that come out like recently on, online or something. Yeah. About, and, and, I, don't, I don't know who it was, but... I, I don't remember her name, but like yeah. I, I felt really bad reading that, that she had to come out in her 40s now and share this because she knew that at some point someone was going to figure out it was her, so she wanted to do it in her own accord, which I right. respect. But I'm also like, now this poor woman who is ready to not tell a fucking soul about this has to, in her 40s... Be like, yeah, oh, oh, hi, I'm the unnamed woman who took Prince Harry's virginity. Um, but he said and maybe, that... maybe we'll see a, a memoir about, about that Oh, eventually. my God. Yeah, the <laughs> memoirs that writes, are going everyone to come books, out. Everyone books. <laughs> yeah. Literally, memoirs post his memoir. Someone needs to do, like, a study on it. Um, yes. But he said that she treated him, and I quote, not unlike a young stallion, quick ride after which she smacked my rump and sent me off to graze. No, I'm just imagining. Oh my god, with a no. British accent. Yes, like the whole time, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> what is my happening? Rump. I know. Oh my god, smack my rump and sent me off to graze. Like that's not like his accent at all. <laughs> I know that's, but that's how I'm imagining that conversation yes. happening. Yeah, and like, okay, so those were honestly some of the more juicy bits. Like, the rest of it, 
you know, there was like one of my biggest gripes with it was there was way too much time about his like time in the military, which felt so drawn out, especially since like so little was shared about his childhood, like started out with the childhood and then immediately went to the second part of the book. It's broken down by three parts and the whole second part, which is arguably the longest portion of the book is like a play by play of him trying to get into the army him over there, him learning how to work a helicopter. Like, I don't remember signing up for the military, but uh, <laughs> what? Like, there were just so many details, but it very much seemed like this part of Prince Harry's life was way more significant to him, like either his highest achievement or like his biggest contribution, which mm-hmm. is, I guess, not you know, shocking that he spent so much time talking about it. But again, the level of detail, it's like, what reader is going to be like fully invested in this large chunk? I like at that moment in time, I was like, if I was physically reading words on a page, I would have closed this book. 100%. If he wasn't speaking to me and giving me those details and just his voice, I would be bored to tears for the whole second portion of the book. So I was like, ugh, I didn't, I didn't love that level of detail. Um, but the last thing I'll say is it was so funny. Like, so I read this immediately, right? Like it was like, I wouldn't stop. It was days cause it was 16 hours. So probably over the course of a week it took me. Right. Um, so like out of my friends and stuff, I was the first one to like really finish it. And yesterday in, in, in like reading through my notes again for this episode, I get a text from a friend that read, I'm listening to Prince Harry's book. He's dot, dot, dot insufferable. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, and and I was like, oh my god, that is actually so funny. Like I do I do fully understand that. Cuz at moments at moments I was like, oh my god, this man. This man. The I mean, the good thing about listening to an audiobook is now depending on what app you're using, you could speed up the how fast they're they're talking. <laughs> so and and I and I someone has to confirm this, but I'm pretty sure it only works with American accents because I tried oh. to speed up Prince Harry even by like point five, and you could not understand a fucking word he was saying. Oh my gosh. Okay, so never mind. <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't recommend speeding up this book, or like reading it with the intention to speed it up because it's not gonna work. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> but, but part of the, like, journey, the part of the reason I wanted to read it was because I knew he was narrating, and I love his voice, and it was, like, perfect cadence, like, it was just really, really nice. So I'm like, I don't want to skip through that part. That's, like, part of the draw. But, you know, yeah, it was interesting. Insufferable moments where he's, like, claiming to have a spotty memory. Like, he literally said, oh, it's probably a defense mechanism, most likely. But, like, it doesn't appear to have forgotten a single line ever written about him and Megan. You know what I mean? Like, things like that. They're, like, sort of these, like, contradictions. Yeah. And you're, yeah, like, a few huh. questionable moments. I yeah. Know. These questionable I moments where he definitely feels, like, because he's the first in his family to go to therapy and, like, openly talk about it and do all these things that he's better than them. Um... Which, to some degree, he may be, just because he's, like, prioritizing his mental health and working through things. But, yeah, it just... 
there are moments where I was like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> like, I don't... <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you making up with your family is on the horizon, buddy. But he has his own family, and that's that's what's yeah. most important. So, and I'm I'm sure the paparazzi are still, especially now with 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 the the book and the docu series coming out. Like the paparazzi are still going to be all over him. <laughs> uh, for sure, for sure. I know I shared a lot of the book, but. It, to be fair, it was 300 and something pages and mm-hmm. 16 hours. So there's still so much more that was not mentioned. I will say it was quite a journey. And I, I do think that it is worth a read audiobook. It's worth right. a listen. Yes. If you, yeah, if you I, have the time and you're slightly interested in him and you do like his voice, I would say give the audiobook a go. I like that it's, it's narrated with with him. Yes. <laughs> Cause I, f- I feel like any other narrator, it kind of like takes you out of it a little bit, especially yeah. some during some of those like duller moments. Right. It, it, it wouldn't work. Um, but Oh my God, last thing I'll say, because I know of course, like Megan is always a, a, a topic. Um, yes. it is interesting. Like I got drinks with some friends, um, a few weeks ago and like a lot of women don't like Megan. It's not even like really? men being like, She's a monster. She did this to him. She's the reason why they're in the state that they're in. Blah, blah, blah. She forced him to leave. A lot of women are like, ew, I hate Megan. I'm like, this is so interesting to me. And I feel almost like a defender because I've consumed like every piece of content about them that I can. Um, And I'm a little like, it's so wild that that's the, the perception. Like, they're still the British media would see this as a success that in the States a that lot of people Yeah. Yeah. Think that way. And I'm like, that's like sad. And and actually after the docuseries, I was like like I, I, I think she's great. Um but after the book, I actually a little bit was like maybe he is behind a lot of their decisions. Like maybe he's the mastermind. Um as opposed to her being like the main influence for like why they yeah they broke free. I really started to that bit changed for me, and that was surprising to me because even though I, I fully agree with the decisions that they've made and I like her a lot, I it just always seemed like she was calling the shots, albeit good shots, but it just seemed yeah. like she was. Um, she, she, in a way, had that, like, power over him um, and blah, blah, blah. But after after listening to Spare, I was a little like, wait a second. Why do I feel like this guy, like, low-key, like, is a mastermind behind a lot of stuff? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think she was definitely a major, like, influential reason. factor. Yeah. For sure, yeah. Um, but, wow, yeah, I didn't actually, well, I wouldn't have known. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't read it. But um, yeah, that's that's a really interesting point to make. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's all so interesting. Um, but anyway, one hour of listening to this. <laughs> I think I mean, this is it's really yeah, yeah, yeah. So you saved yourself fifteen hours, everyone. You guys did, and <laughs> you got to listen to arguably better voices. Yeah, me and um, you. But I actually do feel like I have a better understanding now. So thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> Jeff like didn't for ask everything. for this. I'm like, I want to do an episode of Prince Harry. 
so <laughs> sorry. Um, but <laughs> timely. And yes. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Definitely timely. And I'm curious to see like what new developments come out over the next like few months to a year. Now that the book is like newly re- released. Same with the docu series. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure more. The the story isn't ending here. No. With them. I. Yep. I agree, and I'm Just excited. Beginning. I'm excited as well. Um, and yeah, if anyone listening has either like watched a docu series, read the book already, or plans to and wants to chat, you can always DM us. Um, yes. At obsessed underscore podcast. Oh my god, I haven't plugged our IG in forever. <laughs> I know it's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a minute. Um, or you can Just always, give us a follow. Yeah, give us a follow. Um, and. Jeff and I have our personal IGs in the bio, so if you yes. also just want to not annoy Jeff and DM me about Prince <laughs> Harry, feel free. Um, <laughs> I can talk about this forever, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, I hope you all have a great time, um, and yeah, maybe spend some time yeah. thinking about Harry's penis. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, start googling some of those uh, those pictures that came out like ten years ago. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, love you all. Well, thank you, Ari. That was um, such a great uh, inside look at the, the <laughs> memoir. <laughs> I'm like a like a fucking uh, British journalist. Yeah. <laughs> we got we got a, as a guest on the show. <laughs> just a fan. Just a fan. <laughs> Ugh, okay. Oh my gosh. Well, love you all. all right, well, Have a good one. All. Yes. Bye bye. bye.